Nate Lundy and Jeff Morton, weekdays at 11. Hey, guess what? That's me. 11 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. How the heck are you anyway? Welcome in. A Thursday edition of the program. It's July the 9th. My name is, in fact, Nate Lundy, which is good because that's what that voice guy just said. Jeff Morton is here as well. Good morning, Jeff. Good. Wake up, morning, Jeff. Nate, wake, up. wake up. Wake up. <laughs> wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. I got to figure out how to get more coffee into you in the morning, man. Every now and then, I just need to, like, there's a little, like, get you up with, like, a bag of Skittles and, like, a shot of espresso. I'm a I'm a deliberate person, Nate. I uh, <laughs> I, I go from I, I go from um, hmm, kind of like meh to oh, I'm I'm all right. That's that's basically my range of emotion. <laughs> so you go from like Eeyore to like you never quite hit Bugs Bunny level. No, I, yeah, no. I, I unless I've had like 25 cups of coffee. Uh, but then at that point, you'll have to worry about me having a heart attack. So, well, we can <laughs> do that. We can work on. Uh, let me see here. What could we? Well, uh, maybe we just need to get you drunk before the show. Well, we could do that too. But I usually, I usually reserve that for the podcast. Oh, I see. Why is everybody always just trying to drink while they're doing podcasts? Is that it's, is it's is it just per, do it, the, is it harder to talk to yourself if you're not loopy? The, well, it, it, it's amazing because I've never done a, a solo one drunk, but uh, back in the old days of CSG, we would go, uh, uh, my good friend Andy Feinstein had an uh, establishment uh, called Jake's uh, Food and Spirits at the time, and uh, he would, uh, basically, he was a little sponsor for us, and we would go there and do a live podcast, not live, quote-unquote, podcast there, and yes, it would have been known to have a few there, but it's been a while. It's been a while, so maybe I should. But I'm not going to do it before a show. I mean, you don't want me slobbering all over myself. Before it, I, yeah, we do. <laughs> Come on. All right. Fine. 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 Be that way. Um, as we go through the program today, we sit back and go, eh, what's going on? What's happening? Anything? Anything? Yeah. Bueller? I, Bueller? It's kind of how I feel right now. Is anything happening today? I mean, I, I, was, I was scouring the worst place on earth, Twitter. And I, I just, I couldn't really find anything too notable. I got I to be honest with you. I think Facebook is the worst place on earth. Actually, no, let me scratch that. Next door is the worst place on earth, followed by Facebook, followed by Twitter. <laughs> In that order, okay. those three. Okay. Next door, okay. one of my life's goals is to get banned from next door. Those of you that are that are on next door or perhaps your spouse is or whatever, you know, there are occasionally helpful things on there. Um, but I mean like one out of every 30 things that are on that site are actually helpful. Otherwise it is essentially a message board full of Karens. That's all it is. It is all just a bunch of bitching. Well, I, I look, I'm not familiar with it until you just mentioned it. I have, was not even sure. So imagine, imagine taking, yeah. So imagine taking the entire concept of, um, uh, uh, you know, gossiping in your front yard and mm. giving it its own website and app. Oh, wow. So, you know, it's people posting like, I don't understand why these, these, they, the teenagers in the neighborhood have their radio so loud when they're driving through the neighborhood. You know, it's crap like oh. that. It's, it's people bitching about their neighbors who don't have the balls to go talk to their neighbor face to face. That's exactly what it is. 
It's somebody complaining about how their neighbor's dog barks, but they don't have the cojones to walk next door, knock on the door and say, hey, I don't know if you're aware or not, but your dog barks all day long. Do you think you could do something about it? So instead, they go and post on this site and just complain about it because they're unwilling to actually have a conversation with their neighbor. Uh, It's stuff like that. There's an enterprising individual out there who will just make an app called Complain. Yes. And uh, make a whole bunch of money from it because nothing people like to do more than complain. I think that you could actually go a step further, Jeff, and we should just call the app Bitch. (laughs) Well, that's... You don't want to do that because it Why? Like, that has other that has other connotations. All right. Well, that's what people are doing. How about bitch? <laughs> how about bitch and moan? How does that? Yeah, there we go. That's that's better. bitch and yeah, moan. That's, that's Let's develop an app called bitch and moan, and that's all it is. Is it's people just complaining about stuff for absolutely no reason to anyone that will listen to them. That's well, basically what the, it is. People, People like to do the opposite, Nate. So then, the, all all people would do on there is talk, give compliments, and, and we love. need you need. It's like so that's why <laughs> next door is the worst. Next door is the absolute worst. Facebook is second. Twitter's third. See, I don't even really use Facebook. Other I don't than either. I'd like check it occasionally. I don't either. The only reason and I have it, the only reason I have it, is because you've got to have an account in order for obviously Mile High Sports, and you know we've got an account on there. We share our stories, and people comment and all that. But I've got to have some sort of uh, an account in order to admin it. See, uh, may, um, you know, fingers crossed, maybe a potential, you know, someone who could maybe we could talk to in the future. Uh, Mr. Steve Gorman, my hero, he has a great Twitter presence. He does. Great. Absolutely. It's just uh, just the man knows how to work the Twitter. Me, on the other hand, I don't because I ended up I end up looking through it. And then just getting dismayed at the human misery out there. Hmm. And uh, it's hard not to get sucked into it. Even when you follow nothing but sports people, oh, your, your timeline just gets filled with all this stuff. And I'm like, why am I? I you well, get obsessed with it. So you, like, you start looking at it like that. At least I do. For example, for me, I turn Twitter off during a Broncos press conference because I don't need 75 people tweeting the same stuff over and over again. Like all the reporters that are in attendance are live tweeting the press conference, which means every time Elway utters a sentence, there are 15 people that are tweeting that sentence out. And I just have to because I follow these people for obvious reasons in terms of Mm -hmm. what they're saying about the team and all that kind of stuff. But during a press conference, they're all doing the same thing. And I just don't need that. I just don't. Let me give you a little anecdote about my my experience with uh, the evolution of Twitter during our time, uh, my time covering the Nuggets, there was a in time when um, myself, Nate Timmons, and Chris Dempsey were all at Nuggets practice. Uh, man, this is probably about six years ago, six, seven years ago. And uh, we were all just, you know, doing the typical thing you do at practice. Just wait what till the players get over so you can talk to them, talk to the coach, all that stuff. Brian Shaw was there at the time. And uh, we all got a ding on our phone. And we collectively looked down, and it said, um, according to Wodes, Danilo Gallinari is going to have surgery on his ACL. And we were at practice. <laughs> we were, and that's the first time we had ever experienced a Wodes bomb like that while we were out actively covering the team. So if you can picture it, all of us looking up at uh, former Nuggets PR guy Tim Gelt. <laughs> 
with our hands up, like, this is news to us. You want to fill us in? Yeah. And that was my exposure to the evolution of Twitter and what it became. I get it. That makes sense. You're yeah. li- you're in the middle of a you, you just having a Woj bomb land on your lap. Yeah, just um, like while we were at practice, it was yeah. it was stunning. I've never never happened. That's never happened again since. But it was it was amazing. That's a handful of things to uh, to talk about today, um, which we will get to. However, I just had um, the press release hit my inbox. The Rockies have announced next year's schedule. <laughs> Um, next year's schedule has been announced. Um, (laughs) This is kind of interesting. For the first time since 2011, the Rockies actually will not open the season on the road. They will start at home Thursday, April 1st against the Dodgers. So opening day will be here, and opening day will be in April, and opening day will be on a Thursday. That's weird. Wow. That's weird, wow. right? That's weird. It's supposed yes. to be a Friday because then we're all supposed to spend the weekend trying to recover from the hangover. Well, unless it's a four-game series. So oh, then, it is a it is know, a four-game series. I'm just saying that normally opening day with you know eighty-five thousand of your closest friends downtown is on a Friday, and this time it'll be on a Thursday. Okay, so they well, uh, I, they'll open up with the seven at home. I I appreciate the optimism. I appreciate the. Uh, this uh, we will be able to have our enjoyment as per usual in uh, two in April of two twenty twenty one. I appreciate this. I think this so is interesting. I, I will I will cling to that optimism. So the uh, schedule um, is set. They will open at home instead of on the road. Normally they do about a week on the road before they come back to Coors Field. That means I guarantee it. Call it right now. Mark the tape. It will snow next April first. Oh, yes. Because the whole reason I always liked them opening on the road was that usually the weather here was crappy. So go, yeah, go play the Marlins or, you know, the, the, the Rangers or, you know, somebody where maybe there's a chance it's warm uh, well, instead of opening at home. that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes here in Colorado because either the, with opening day, it's either perfect weather, the most perfect weather you could ever get in Colorado, or it's, a, it's snow. It, there is no in between. There's just it's spring in Colorado, you know. You know what I I miss though, Nate. What's I'll that? be honest with you. A little flashback here. I miss the road to 100. Yeah. I well I, I do. I um I I started um earlier this spring. You know, well I I guess technically earlier this summer. Um, with the idea that. If you're going to have a road to 100, then that means that the new road is the road to 37. Because mathematically, yes. mathematically, that would be the same. So if the Rockies were to go 23 and 37 in this shortened season, it would be the equivalent of losing 100 games. That's the Speaking math. Strictly with percentages, shortened season. Yeah. So, if you do just yeah, the percentages, if you do just the percentages, the number is 37. So it's the road to 37. Wow. I, I, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's multiple teams who have that road to 37 at this point, because mm-hmm. I'm, I don't anticipate the play being much like the NBA and NHL right now. I don't anticipate the play being very good, but uh, Hey, but you know, with the NMLB, they are actually traveling to other ballparks. You know, it's not like 
NHL and NBA where they're just bubbled. Yep. This is this is their planning on traveling, so we'll see what happens. Um, yesterday we talked about the list that ESPN's been putting together with the 50 different folks that they have uh, gathered for uh, purposes of ranking uh, players at different positions. They've already done tight ends yesterday. We talked a little bit about quarterbacks today. They did running backs. We'll talk about that. There's also our good friend Greg Wyshynski from ESPN talking about uh, the NHL's return, and he put together a list he calls the 10 lingering questions about the NHL's return to play, in particular about the bubbles that they will wind up being in. So we'll chat about that as well as we roll through today. And beyond that, Anything goes on this show, so you never know exactly what's going to happen. I do want to remind you, though, that one of our great sponsors is our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. There's been the rumors for a long time about Fight Island, but it's finally here. This weekend's UFC 251 set to be one of the best as the big names step into the octagon throughout the night. Great card, by the way. No better place to get in on the action than with DraftKings Sportsbook. That's America's top-rated sportsbook app. And this week only, DraftKings offering all new users a special odds boost on this weekend's headline fight. If you bet 20 20 bucks to win a hundred on either fighter. That's right. They've done plus 500 odds on either side. Doesn't matter who you're picking. You're getting that odds boost. And with all that action with the UFC, there's also golf going on. It's actually underway as we speak European soccer as well. And of course, fight Island DraftKings Sportsbook has got you covered with the big fights this weekend. Not one, but two profit boosts. When you place a bet on UFC 251, all you got to do is place a pre match bet on a fighter. And if they win, boom, your payout increases. It's that easy. They're us based. They're safe. They're secure they're reliable and it's also really easy to make a deposit and to make a withdrawal of your funds whenever you need it it's their best sign up offer to date with the bonuses you've got as well as the boost don't forget to download the top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now use code mhs when you sign up for a limited time new users get a no-brainer odds boost on the headline fight this saturday bet 20 to win 100 and it doesn't matter if you're picking Usman or Masvidal, you're getting that boost from $20 to win 100 that plus 500 So head to DraftKings Sportsbook now. Use sign-up code MHS. Must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus, first bet match, each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Nate Lundy and Jeff Morton, weekdays at 11. 11.20 the time. Thank you for being here. Go Fast Energy Drink text line 303-831-1340. You're welcome to chime in at any point that you would like. Coming off of Twitter, Jeff, you want to share the news about the, uh, in case anybody wants to like greet the plane. Um, you know, people want to, people want to go down to Orlando and just wait on the tarmac for Nicola. You want to share the latest? That was the big, uh, uh, mystery, wasn't it? Where he was. It was like, yeah. Find Waldo. Where's Waldo? Well, he's not hard Uh, to spot. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's right. Well, uh, as of right now, uh, according to Matt Moore of the action network, uh, the plan right now is uh, in the next couple of days, Nikola Jokic will fly from Serbia straight to Orlando, and then he'll have to undergo undergo two tests to you know, which is basically standard quarantine what they have with the uh, NBA. And and if he gets two negative tests while he's in Orlando, he'll be able to be cleared to play. So he's not flying to Denver and then flying to Orlando. He'll be flying. Uh, directly from Serbia, and everyone was wondering where he World. was. 
straight from Serbia to Orlando. So I, mm. as as of right now, that's the plan. Um, everyone was wondering, and I don't know why, but everyone was wondering where he was. Like, was he in Denver? Was he in Serbia? Well, no, apparently he is in Serbia and will be flying directly to Orlando. Hmm. All right. So, well, there we, we go. continue so, to play so the, Where in the World is Nikola Jokic? Um, yes. And apparently <laughs> the answer is Serbia. Uh, and then eventually eh, it'll be, uh, it'll be, It'll be Orlando. Then he's got a quarantine. He has to, like, they leave the food, right? Like, at the door. Then they knock and run. It's like kids, mm-hmm. you know, playing ding and ditch. Um, you know, they're just, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they run by, they drop your food outside, then you get it. I'd be well, okay with that. It's, it's like room service. Well, it, they, their food will improve. I think there was a tweet a couple days ago from Troy Daniels about how he didn't have great food there, and uh, he put a picture out. Now, look, I, it, it's going to be that way for a little bit once you get in there, but um, honestly, these guys are going to have... Oh, and apparently they have a list of caterers uh, from restaurants like Morton's uh, that will be uh, basically uh, providing the food for uh, uh, Orlando and the bubble. Well... <laughs> Apparently, every restaurant that is uh, going to be providing the catering is owned by Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta. <laughs> every single one. Which I found extremely amusing. Well, <laughs> so. you know, nepotism is a big thing, Jeff. Okay? <laughs> nepotism is a very, very big thing. Uh, we'll get to the top 10 list that they've put together for running backs in the NFL and get everybody's take on that. But an announcement came uh, a little bit earlier today, which is kind of nice. One of the things that we know that... At least, you know, I talk about our friends at DraftKings and all that. We know that um, one of the things folks have been betting on is golf. I'm one of those people as well, by the way. Um, and for next weekend, for the Memorial Tournament, Tiger Woods has announced that he will be there. He has made a commitment to do his first PGA Tour appearance since the start of the pandemic. He has said he will be at the oh, wow. Memorial. Um, he announced it on, uh, on social media earlier this morning. Um, it's the first time he will play in an official event since February 16th. Um, that was the uh, Genesis Invitational. Uh, by the way, he shot a 77 in the final round of that one. Um, oh, wow. He was <laughs> last amongst the people who had made the cut. Um, but he also has said he is, you know, he's been dealing still with back stiffness, things like that, which is part of why he has sat out different tournaments that he, um, you know, probably would have otherwise played. Um, but. He has made the commitment that he will be there next weekend for the memorial. Oh. So there you go. Wow. Tiger well, will great. Tiger will return. I'm not a not a big Tiger Woods fan, but I, I, just, I will say that even now he drives attention to the golf. So well, and he's still ranked. That he's there. You know. He's still ranked 14th in the world golf rankings. I mean, he's still up there. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the first major, by the way, is about four weeks away which is the PGA Championship. They'll, they're doing that one in San Francisco August. Um, it's the first weekend in August, the, or second weekend in August. I'm sorry, the 6th to the 9th. Um, and so, you know, it could be that he's trying to time this, get himself some rounds in, things like that, so that hopefully he can play in the major. Did they, uh, what did they end up doing with the Masters? Was that postponed or did they yes, cancel it's postponed. it all altogether? It's postponed. Okay, good. Um, to like, I don't know, like December. I don't know. I quit, I quit tracking. Isn't it in, isn't it in, isn't it in, uh, September? 
I think yeah, they're doing. I, I think, think they're doing it in. I think they're doing it in September. I think they basically said, "Yes, we're going to have our tournament." Damn it! Thursday, I'm sorry, November twelfth to we go. November fifteenth. Thank you, Danny. Uh, wow, November, in November in Georgia. November in Georgia. What could possibly be wrong with <laughs> except <laughs> all of the weather? Um, yeah, I used to live right up the road in Charleston. I know what the winters can be like there. Very unpredictable. Wow. <laughs> Very yes. unpredictable. But hey, they're yes. skipping hurricane season, which is nice. Um, so at least we got that going for us. All right. Uh, yesterday we talked about it, that top 10 list that the, uh, that ESPN had put together for, uh, the top 10 and quarterbacks within the league based on, um, kind of a point system they did amongst 50 different folks that had been voting that included, um, some NFL executives. It included some coaches, scouts, coordinators, et cetera. So we're going to talk about that when we get back on the other side. Um, as we, I just, I was glad the tiger was coming back. It makes me happy. I'm glad that he's going to play. Um, I like watching him play. I think it makes it interesting. Even if he comes in last, it makes it interesting. Alongside Jeff Morton, my name is Nate Lundy. Back on the other side, we'll talk some NFL top tens with you with running backs. Did anybody off the Broncos make an appearance? We'll talk about it. This is Mile High Sports. Nate Lundy and Jeff Morton, weekdays at 11. 1131 Thursday edition of the program. Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton, thank you for being here. Brought to you by our friends at Blanchard Family Wines downtown in the Dairy Block. If you have not stopped by, you should get down and get a chance to enjoy some great Sonoma wines as well as some Colorado Bites. They've got uh, little charcuterie boards for you. They've got dessert. If you're looking for a spot to be able to stop after you have appropriately social distanced yourself for dinner, uh, stop by and see them. They are down in the Dairy Block in the Activated Alley right there about uh, oh, a block and a half from uh, the home plate entrance of Coors Field. You'll find them right there in the Dairy Block. You can also find them online at bfwdenver.com. Get down there and uh, you can do the, the wine flights or you can just grab a bottle to go or you can sit back and have a glass of wine if you would like. I highly recommend the Blake Street Blend. Get down and enjoy that. Uh, Jeff, what's your favorite they've got right now? Is it the Pinot? No, uh, I, I don't know if they still have it because it's been a while, but uh, the, the Cabernet from 2017 oh, yes. Cabernet. Oh, so good. Oh, yeah. so good. That was they also, by far my favorite. They wine. also feature uh, some of the great wineries from the Western Slope of Colorado as well. They've got some guest wineries down there as well, so you can mix and match between your tasting flights of Blanchard as well as what they have available to you from um, folks like Sauvage and uh, Storm Cellar, et cetera. Um, so get down and find them. They're in the dairy block, the activated alley portion. Stop by and see them. Tell them that Jeff and Nate and Mile High Sports sent you. Yesterday on the program, we broke down this list that ESPN has put together. So ESPN did this list. They got together. They've got 50 different executives, coaches, scouts, players, et cetera, asking them to rank um, at different positions. They've already done tight ends, uh, of which Noah Fant did receive a vote. Uh, so he was the others receiving votes category, if you will. Quarterbacks, no, Drew Locke was not on the list, either the top 10 or the others receiving votes. Today, they go with running backs. Uh, Mr. Morton, I would imagine you can guess who they have at number one, but who would be your number one? Because I actually oh, will tell you from, from I, I could debate who they have at number one and number two, but who do you believe they have at number one? And I understand why they have this person at number one. Uh uh, Henry at, uh, no. at from the Titans. No. Oh, not or, oh, oh, is it is it uh, Zeke? No. Saquon no. Barkley checking in at number one of the New York Giants. He is a beast. Watching oh. him run the football is crazy. Christian McCaffrey at number two. Now, 
Wow. I would actually, based on just pure threat of being on the football field, Christian McCaffrey would be my number one. Um, I would actually have Saquon number two. Um, and there were people that voted McCaffrey number one. Um, so this was probably a, a pretty close point total for them as they um, uh, uh, know what these two guys are capable of. But the fact that McCaffrey can do what he can do as a receiver in addition to running the ball is why I think he's so scary. I mean, he's the third running back in history to be able to do a 1,000 yards rushing and a 1,000 yards receiving in the same season. That's a, it's fascinating to me because it really just shows the evolution of the running back in the NFL because my thoughts immediately went to Derrick Henry and mm-hmm. the guy who can just pound the run. I mean, look at what he did in the, the end of the season in the playoffs last year. It was insane. And I kept thinking, well, running back. But when you look at Christian McCaffrey, it's a, it's a you know, kind of a get, toss up to whether he's more effective in the passing game or the or the uh, running game. Yeah. And I guess that kind of shows you where the where the uh, NFL has gone with running backs lately. One coordinator, again, all of this was done anonymously, so there aren't names that go with it. One coordinator said, quote, he's one of the best players in football, let alone running back. Another one said he can pass, protect, run the rock, routes as a receiver. He could literally be a full-time slot. He's got great feet, crazy fast, lateral quickness that's off the charts. Um, yeah. I mean, McCaffrey's just, just crazy. So McCaffrey checks in at number two. The aforementioned, as you did, Ezekiel Elliott is at number three. He did receive some folks that, folks that put him at number one. He actually got several first-place votes, according to the article. Um, but he is uh, the running back at number three. Number four is where we find Alvin Kamara of the New Orleans Saints. Um, and according to the article, it was a very close vote between Kamara and Derrick Henry. Henry checks in at number five. Um, so that's your top five. It goes Saquon, McCaffrey, Zeke, Kamara, Derrick Henry. There's your top five. That's a pretty solid group right there. There's some good running backs on that list. Yeah. And, and it's, especially considering a running back. It's not the first thing you think of anymore in the NFL, unlike the like the '90s. So uh, that's actually some pretty. St- I, I was I'm, I'm struggling with Saquon Barkley at number one. I think if I'm gonna if I'm gonna throw that out there, that's the one that's kind. I'm kind of struggling with, but you can't you know you can't argue with the stats. So. Yeah, and it's also interesting because if you read some of the quotes that are in here and read some of the analysis that the that they've done in terms of putting this list together. Um, they talk about the fact that, for example, with it, when it comes to Derrick Henry, if if what you value, so this comes into the people that are voting, right? If what you value is a true workhorse type of running back, then Derrick Henry should be higher on the list, right? Um, because he is just a keep giving him the ball. I mean, he, you know, he he had this is a great stat. He had a hundred and six carries. Um, last year where he faced eight or more defenders in the box. And he still wow. ran for 572 yards on those 106 carries. That's crazy. Wow. That's over five That's yards insane. a carry, even when he was facing eight or more defenders in the box. So it shows wow. you just the actual workhorse. Um, the next closest was Adrian Peterson, who had 324 yards when he faced eight or more in the box. So Derrick Henry is just is just a beast when it comes to running the ball. He's also only 26 years old, so he's going to be doing this for a while. Let me give you the rest of the top 10. Dalvin Cook of the Vikings is at number six. Nick Chubb of the Browns at number seven. Joe Mixon of the Bengals at eight. Josh Jacobs, who I'm a very big fan of um, at the uh, for the Raiders, is at number nine. And then Le'Veon Bell for the Jets is at number 10. Um, here's your honorable mention. 
which includes Melvin Gordon. One NFL coordinator saying, quote, I think you'll see a resurgence from him in Denver. It's clear they need a back who could help rushing and receiving. Not as dynamic as those in the top 10, but still really solid. Leonard Fournette, James Conner, Chris Carson, Aaron Jones also on the honorable mention. But for the second of the three lists that we've talked about so far this week, we've seen a Bronco player show up in the honorable mention. Kind of a bummer it's honorable mention, but still. Well, say, hey, that, that, you got to start somewhere, right? Because right. let's face it, the previous years, they weren't re- reaching that list. Uh, no. <laughs> no one was even getting close. Even so even as dynamic and fun it. as Philip Lindsay is, he's not a top 10 running back in the NFL. He's not. I mean, I like yeah. Philip. I like him a lot. I think he's fun to watch. He's fun to talk to. Um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a fun kid, but he's not top 10. Um, yeah. He's not. He's, yeah. he's, I think he's going to be very fun paired with Melvin Gordon. Um, but he's not a top 10 back. But the fact that Melvin Gordon's on there tells you that these guys at least believe that the the backfield for the Broncos can be effective. And I I still stand by that I want to see this offensive line be able to block for them because it's one thing to, it's one thing to have the ability to run the ball. It's another one to be able to do something on the offensive line. That's why a guy like Derrick Henry is so impressive that he can pull off all yeah. those yards even when you've got all the defenders is because a lot of that is just him. Um, just being yes. an absolute beast. Um, you know, he has a, a skill set that is, you know, that that's pretty damn amazing. And if you see some of these off season videos that these guys post up on social media, like you see some of the workouts that Saquon's been doing and that Derrick Henry have been doing, you just go, Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. And how much does I mean, this is my question, and you 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 would be the person I would direct this to like, All right. to get this information. Like what? How much does competent quarterback play influence uh, how a running back does? Say, like there are quarterbacks that can like make the adjustment uh, and and do all the stuff that you need to pre-snap in order for the running back to be effective. How much does like actual competent quarterback play factor in it? Well, because, look, let's face it. You know, last year the Broncos like with uh, uh, when Flacco was in there, nothing was working. Right. Nothing like running game looked awful, and and then and then, and then of course you got Drew Lockett's in the last five games, and it looks better. Well, How it looks does, better. Like, competent quarterback. Yeah. Well, it looks better. They also played some pretty crappy teams those last five games, but yeah, um, did. but look, it it is it it is that continuous adage, right? It's chicken or the egg. It's the idea that a passing game opens up the running game, the running game opens up the passing game. To me, it is a complete. To me, it's much more about a balance as you go through a game and as you go through an overall offensive scheme over the course of some games that you have to, you have to be a threat at both. Um, if you are not a threat at both, then I don't think you can be your best at either. Um, so if you have the ability to make that run, if you have the ability, for example, let's say, let's say this Broncos offensive line makes improvement. Mike Munchak does his job. They continue to get better as we go into 2020 um, with, especially with a guy like Dalton Reisner. And if they, if Lloyd Cushenberry, the third can be exactly what we think he is. Um, but with all of that said, if if you have an offensive line, um, one, if you have a quarterback that knows how to check out a different plays, but if you have an offensive line that can make it so that that running back has an opportunity to get two, two and a half, three yards before contact, yeah. now you've got somebody that's built up ahead of steam, right? Because And that's obviously what makes Derrick Henry very scary. It's what makes Saquon Barkley scary. It's what makes Zeke scary is that if that line can open things up, when that person has a full head of steam before they've even been hit, before they've even been touched, 
it not only does it give you those yards before contact, but you're going to wind up with yards after contact because they may be able to break a tackle. They may be able to juke. They may be able to get some yak on the um, on the overall statistics because they made it to two and a half, three yards before they got touched. Um, that's where to me, yes, checking out of the play with the quarterback play is important. The other reason that's a big deal is look, part of the reason that Derrick Henry saw eight men in the box is because nobody believed in, in Tannehill, right? I mean, they were like, okay, fine. We dare you. We dare you to try to beat us with the arm. We're going to go ahead and stack the box. The problem was Derrick Henry said, watch me run you over like you're, like you're a junior varsity team. Cause that's what he did. Um, so that's where well, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry actually trumped what was a, you know, kind of mediocre quarterback play, which is why so many people were surprised by what Tennessee did with Tannehill on the contract. That's what I was going to say. Uh, Tannehill parlayed that into a, uh, a fairly fat contract. So, yes. and, uh, I, it, it, Hey, nice job if you can get it. Oh, absolutely. It is. <laughs> All right. 1143 is the time, you know, coming up in the next segment, we've got our good friend, Brad Evans from fade the coming along. He's got his big noise, big bet of the day. So Brad will be with us here in just a little bit. Uh, we will, uh, hear from him. He's got a win total that he wants to play with and it's, uh, it's the Colts. Yeah, it's the Colts. He actually has a thought on what's going to happen with Philip Rivers being the quarterback for the Colts. This ought to be interesting. I'm going to be 100% honest. I have not listened to his big noise, big bet of the day yet today. So I don't know what he has to say. I just know he's talking about the Colts and their win total. So this will be interesting. Alongside Jeff Morton, my name is Nate Lundy. This is Mile High Sports. Oh, silence. Nate Lundy and Jeff Morton, weekdays at 11. 11.48, Mile High Sports, Nate Lundy, Jeff Morton. Go fast energy drink, text line 303-831-1340. Brad Evans, big noise, big bet of the day coming up in uh, just a couple of minutes. So Zach Seegers, Jeff, on uh, milehighsports.com. You know, we have we, they announced Mike Shanahan going into the Ring of Fame next year. So Zach Seegers, mm-hmm. Zach Seegers put together a list, said his top three current Broncos that he thinks are most likely to wind up in the Ring of Fame. That's up at milehighsports.com right now. If you had to pick three folks on the current roster, I mean, Von Miller is kind of a given. I mean, yeah. it's going to be Vaughn. Yeah. But if you had to think about a couple other guys that maybe are the most likely, I agree with Zach's picks, by the way, but the most likely on the current roster to wind up in the ring of fame. Is there anybody else besides Vaughn that just immediately jumps out to you like it did for Zach? Uh for me, not particularly. I I guess maybe I'm influenced by the last four years. Broncos, <laughs> that's but, true. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I think that's I think that's fair. Let me give you the two that he did because I do I do think mm-hmm. that the two that he, I, I think the two that he brings up are the two that if they continue on a trajectory that we think they're capable of, that it would make a lot of sense. Um, number two on his list is the guy that right now is one of my favorite people on the team, and that's Justin Simmons. Um, they used the franchise tag on Justin this year. Um, to be able to keep him. I think he's a fantastic safety. Um, the day after they drafted him, you know, those that, that kind of follow the Broncos really closely or know the media pattern to things, um, when the draft takes place, they always do a press conference the following day 
with the person or persons that they drafted the day before. They basically fly them in the next day and then they, you know, put them at the podium and all of that. So in addition to the podium, I also talked to Justin um, that that day. Man, it like you just instantly like this guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's mm-hmm. well spoken. You can tell he's intelligent. He he is humble. Um, he's and and then on top of that, he's a great damn football player. Um, yep. So he's he's one that I think if he can continue on the trajectory that he is, he's a great. Um, he's a great safety. He's a great part of what I think is kind of a, a, a defensive secondary that needs a bit of a, a second wind, a resurgence from the no-fly zone, if you will. Um, and if that's going to happen, Justin will be a big part of it. Um, I like him a lot. The other one is Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Actually, he's the one that I can I, – I leaps out at me. Obviously, we this is like Drew Locke dependent probably. Yes. Uh, but I think that – and, of course, then that would add him the list if Sutton's good enough at that point um but you know Corton Sutton's the one that like you you think that to you know it's interesting to me um we all remember Brandon Marshall the uh not the linebacker the wide receiver the wide receiver yes he reminds me of Brandon Marshall okay I mean, he's not quite as big but he reminds me of Brandon Marshall and Brandon Marshall was heading towards a unparalleled Bronco career by the time he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, there were some issues, but I mean, that's where he was going. And if he can go on that trajectory and just be that big guy and get those those long passes um, that they're just thrown up there, a la Randy Moss, then uh, he's set. Then yeah, I, w- I would say of of the two, I don't, I'm on the fence on Justin Simmons. I think he's an impressive human being, but I, I guess I need to see this year. Yeah. Um, but as far as Cortland Sutton goes, I, I'm more inclined to say, yeah, he's the guy that could that could possibly make it. Well, and again, this is you know Zach sort of speculating. Okay, let's think about the guys that are on there that that have the talent to deserve it. Vaughn is a no brainer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Vaughn will be in the Ring of Fame at some point. But then you start to look at the rest of the roster, and I do think that it's a little bit tough because, in fact, I'll 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 peel the curtain back for you. When just, when Zach first started working on this piece, he actually wanted to do a top five, and he said, "I'm really kind of struggling with the last couple of spots." And I said, "Well, just do top three. You know, I mean, there's no reason to make it a stretch. If you think there's three that you're pretty confident about, then you can do some honorable mention." And he mentioned guys like Lindsey and Locke and Chubb, and, and look, if they can do the things that we that that we've seen and they can do it sustained, that's one thing. Um, but we already know Vaughn is there. Then you start to look at the others. I just you know share that. Get up at MileHighSports.com. Uh, and check that out. We're also about to publish a piece from our good friend John Reedy, um, who's taking a look at uh, if they are, if some of the rumors are true, and they are going to allow a uh, a smaller than capacity, obviously, amount of fans at Coors Field for the Rockies games. What might that look like? That article is about to go up as well. So make sure as you're taking a little break this afternoon, you stop by MileHighSports.com and check that out. All right. Uh, Brad Evans and his big noise, big bet of the day. He's with us every single day at this time. Those of you that are into sports betting and even some of these tie into player props. So it ties into those of you that play fantasy as well. But Brad, uh, is with us every day at this time. He provides us with a pick, a futures bet, et cetera, that he's looking at. Once the games get going, a lot of these will be day of specific, but he's looking at a lot of uh, futures stuff right now. It's presented by our friends at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, with some great boosts and bonuses for you this week tied into UFC 251. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But Brad, right now, taking a trip to Indy. Hola, Denver. 
It's Brad the Big Noise Evans, and it's time for the Big Noise Big Bet of the Day. Splish splashing in DraftKings' deep pool of NFL futures. One wager I'm diving in on is the over on nine Indianapolis wins at minus 110. Phillip Rivers is in as the starter replacing Jacoby Brissett, a major upgrade at the position. Rivers last season with the LA Chargers, QB 13 in adjusted completion percentage compared to Brissett, who was just QB 23 in that category. You mix in the fact you got T.Y. Hilton back and healthy and a very talented bookend wide receiver and Michael Pittman, though a rookie, he should make an instant impact. You also add Marlon Mack, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines in this backfield and improved defense and Doyle, Doyle, get my office as a trustworthy tight end. And I think the sky could be the limit for this franchise. Remember, the Colts have the easiest schedule of any NFL franchise, according to projected DraftKings wins totals here this season. I think they hit the 10 win mark at least. Always looking to add some betting spice. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Noisy Huevos. I'm Brad Evans, and this has been your Big Noise Big Bet of the day. Thank you, Brad. A reminder, it's brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you download the top-rated app right now and use code MHS when you sign up, we got all kinds of bonuses for you, including new users getting no-brainer odds boosts on the headline fight for this Saturday. If you bet $20, you win 100 Yeah, they've boosted both sides of the headline fight to plus 500 You're getting those 5-1 to one odds, whether you pick Usman or Masvidal. It does not matter. Those odds are getting boosted. Bet 20 to win 100 for you new users. Head to DraftKings Sportsbook now. Sign up. Use code MHS, as in Mile High Sports. MHS when you do, and you're going to get this boost along with the bonuses. Of course, there's golf this weekend, European soccer as well, not just Fight Island. So make sure you've got DraftKings Sportsbook on your mobile so that you can take advantage of it. Must be 21 or older Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match each up to 500 bucks. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 by the way everybody wants to talk about philip rivers you know talk about what you saw with the chargers and all of that jeff what you have to remember is he spent a decent amount of time with the chargers on his back indianapolis has the number one offensive line in football he is going to a team that can actually keep him upright well hey if uh, they can reanimate the corpse of uh, Philip Rivers, then I'm all for it. Yeah, they've got, I, I mean, their <laughs> offensive line is so good. He's going to be able, if he's got anything left in the tank, and I know there are some of us that can question whether he does or not, because when quarterbacks start to lose it, they lose it quickly. But if he's got anything left in the tank, that offensive line is going to keep his jersey clean, and that's going to give him an opportunity. And that's why I think Brad may not be that far off with the idea of taking double-digit wins for the Colts, especially in that division. You're going to get to play Jacksonville a couple of times. You know, I mean, you got they've got an easy schedule. Okay, they got an easy schedule. Jeff, have a fantastic Thursday. Reminder, by the way, Brad would tell you it's uh, Tequila Thursday, so uh, break out the bottle and uh, get hammered. Well, I, next for next week, I will promise to like hit the tequila before we start. Boom! I knew we could get you on board with that. <laughs> Just pour a little in your coffee, a little Mexican coffee. It'll be all right. Just pour a little yes, bit in the coffee. Exactly. Jeff, have a great <laughs> afternoon. Thank you, brother. Adios. Danny's been behind the glass. My name is Nate Lundy. Gil Whiteley is coming up next. Thank you for being here. This is Mile High Sports.